So, hello Jack, and welcome to what I'm now calling the Regal Podcast. Decided that literally last night, so that's what it's called now. Uh, would you like to give an uh, introduction <laughs> to who you are, what you I do? I like it, I like it. Good, good. Would you like to give an introduction about who you are, what you do, um, just so everybody knows? Yeah, so my name's Jack Human. Um, I'm currently a uni student at the University of Derby and I'm studying media production, which is a whole host of different um, portions of the media industry, including like TV, magazine, web design, um, even like radio. So this sort of thing, I guess, like podcasting as well. Um, but on top of all that, I'm sort of learning stuff on the side. As you know, uh, I'm starting to get into my stocks and shares and that sort of stuff. Um, also doing a bit of freelancing, uh, video editing and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I don't know, just trying to grow my, I guess you could call it my brand this year um, and sort of propel myself into a, a good direction going forward. Yeah, sounds good. I mean, yeah, you can definitely call it a brand, like everybody obviously has their own personal brand. Uh, so to get started then, uh, what made you kind of want to get into stocks? Like, what was that inspiration that made you think, yeah, I need to start investing? So, so originally, it's got a bit of backstory to it, this one, because it was around sort of start of secondary school. So maybe like around when I was 13, 14, there was this kid that we, that we knew sort of in the, in the class. And he, uh, he was constantly going on about this, this Bitcoin, which I'd never heard of before. And now we, we all sort of just took the piss out of him really because the the amount he would go on about it was just like crazy and at that age you're not you know you're not just listening to any old shit at that age you just you just sort of par it off don't you um so yeah we sort of laughed him laughed him off for it and then within a few years the price of a bitcoin went from 10 10 pounds for one bitcoin to literally like what is it now like uh Oh no, it's way more than that at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the moment, it's it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's literally, yeah. <laughs> twelve point six, yeah, twelve point six k. Exactly. Okay. So, <laughs> imagine my my, imagine my disbelief when I I was laughing this guy off, for for like saying about how good it was, and then it rose up to the, this sort of price. In twenty seventeen, it was about uh, fourteen thousand as well. And that, that's when I was like, oh, my God, I really should have listened to this kid because I could be, like, balling in money right now. If I'd have just bought one for, for a tenner, mm-hmm. you know, that's that would have set... Imagine a kid with, like, 15 grand. Like, you'd just be like, what? <laughs> what would you do with that money? I mean, you'd have probably um, smoked it on something. But... <laughs> so, that that's... Well, in a way, I'm sort of glad I didn't get that money, really. But, <laughs> um, but so, 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 yeah, this this sort of put me in a position where I was I was sort of like damn I need like going forward I need to pay more attention to these sorts of things I need to get on board with these things before they they turn into you know what Bitcoin obviously did in 2017 so obviously ever since then I've been like that and then this year uh or was it no it would have been last year 2019 I was working at Sainsbury's sort of stacking shelves you know boring sort of stuff but 
we were allowed to have headphones in so i could just put like one one earphone in and i i would listen to podcasts and that's when i really started getting into joe rogan and and people like that and i think that was the first time i'd heard of elon musk um and i sort of listened to the podcast and the stuff he was talking about was like really interesting me uh and it, it gave me the same sort of vibes that that i had when i first heard about bitcoin back in the day so that's when i sort of started sliding towards looking at tesla and seeing if i could invest in tesla and see see where that could go in the future um but i think that that's that's sort of the main thing that's got me into the stocks recently is because i'm like right now now i've i've sort of got the position that i could i've built up savings over the years like working at sainsbury's and stuff that i can now use to sort of start off my portfolio and, and get building um with stocks like tesla and obviously i'm branching out to others now but but yeah so how did you go about like learning about how not just the which stocks to invest in but how to actually go about investing in these stocks um so you mean like sort of the platforms to use yeah or like the brokerages or um so i sort of you know I, I do what i do with most things i just went to google you know anyone can do that you go on google just type in you know all the best brokerages online and then they'll give you like a top 10 or whatever and you just i do a lot of research i watch loads of youtube videos see what all the different opinions are and what i've sort of thought at the time was the best option was was this um brokerage called free trade um which you can just get on the app store and it seemed like it was the best option for me at the time um but i slowly realized that they were taking a lot of fees off of you sort of without telling you mm-hmm. um like so every time you'd make a trade i think it's mo- mostly because i was trading tesla which is a american uh, stock so obviously you've got the uh, currency exchange fees and stuff like that but it was quite i think it was like it was it was it was under a percent uh, of of what they were taking like of the overall thing but it it still felt like quite a lot when you're sort of using a, a fair amount of money so eventually i came to the conclusion that trading 212 was the best way to go for me personally and that's where i'm at right now because they offer better sort of or less fees for foreign stocks and and stuff like that so yeah okay makes sense you said you were branching out to different companies is that just individual companies or are you hoping to branch out to like indexes like FTSE 500 um, or what companies are you going to be branching out to in the future so, so I have I have sort of looked into index funds and, and whether or not it's worth putting a bit of money into them but for me personally I think it's their their growth rates are steady but they're not enough for me to you know grow where to where I want to be if that makes sense so um obviously not everyone has time to go and look at individual different stocks and see where you know which businesses have a great growth rate um, or upside and downside but i feel like at the moment where i am sort of with uni and and having 
a lot of spare time. I feel like I've got the time to sort of research into all these different companies and, and make educated decisions based off of that research. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's kind of like, how do you go about choosing a company to invest in? Like it, for you, is it having a company that sort of shares your values or that just interests you? Or is it based purely on the upside of the actual stock itself? So, with with Tesla, that was that was all just because I believe in the philosophy and like where it's going, and, and, and I believe in the guy that sort of runs it, or Elon Musk. So with that, that's all my long term shares. I think I'm I'm holding on to them for hopefully the next ten years. But with other companies, sort of going forward, choosing which which stocks to get into short term, I have been sort of well. I spoke to your your friend Harry. Um, thanks to you sort of putting me in contact with him and he gave me some insight um, essentially telling me like all the all the stocks he'd invested in recently like leading up to the elections and his thought process behind them and, and looking at him on, on the charts you can see before COVID hit in March some of these stocks were like 10 sometimes like even 20 times where they like from where they are now, that's they were twenty times bigger before COVID hit. So it's it's pretty simple to sort of look at it in a way and say, you know, life must get back to normal eventually. Especially like with all this news about vaccines and stuff like that coming out now. Obviously, they're they're going to have had quite a significant hit on the uh, econ economic side with with all of the debt they're probably in right now. But even that, even if they come up to like half to half of where they were before, that's like what five, ten times where they are now. So there's there's like definitely profits to be made. And also something else uh, Harry said was about like companies like Aston Martin. If they did go down further than where they are now, they're such prestigious companies that they would more than likely get bought out by another company. Mm -hmm. So. Even and, and that would send the, the, the price going up as well. So it's just about weighing up sort of where the company's been, where the company's at, and you know whether it's got a higher upside or downside. It's it's I'm, I don't claim to be some sort of stock guru. I've I've only started you know this year, the past six months, and I've got a lot more to learn. But this is just me speaking from what I've learned so far and, and what I believe to be through at the moment so you said that you've kind of started recently um has the fact that covid's kind of happened and that you've kind of had more time outside of doing other things like more time to just focus on things you want to focus on as such because you've been in you know had to be inside because of lockdown do you think that mm. having like because of covid happening has that accelerated like you know pushed the deadline forward as such for you then getting into stocks Oh, 100%. I think I'll be completely honest. As soon as lockdown hit in sort of March and we were off for like, you know, all the way through to September, really, those first few months, like from, I don't know, around April, sort of May, I was doing fuck all. I was doing nothing. Mm. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm not embarrassed to say that. I was literally just chilling and doing nothing. And I think by the end of those two months, I was a bit like feeling a bit more urgency i was like i need to get something 
and make the most of this time. I can't just sit around and and waste this opportunity that's been given to me. Like it's the same as as you, I imagine. Like I know, obviously, you started your business this year, and it it must have. I mean, I, I say it must have been a great help, but you're obviously off anyway because you've you've got an enterprise year. But I can I can still imagine like getting in contact with people online must have been a lot easier because everyone just is online at the moment like oh, for yourself it's so much easier at the very least it saves me time like even if you know even if it's not any easier for me to like type messages or whatever but even at a very bare minimum it saves me time because of, like you know like for example this call if because of covid we're having to do this call over zoom and that's literally just a case of booking the call coming on having the call and going but if it's not covid mm. If, you know, the lockdown didn't exist, then it would be a case of, you know, you're coming up to Leicester or I'm coming down to Lincolnshire or Derby even, uh, and then we're getting it all set up and getting bring you cameras and like I can't imagine that that'd be so so much extra work. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no, definitely, definitely. I think obviously there's upsides and downsides to both. Like the production quality you can get being in person. I mean, obviously as you know with your internet at the moment it's it's uh you know <laughs> much to be desired but you can yeah there, there's upsides and downsides to both but i think for convenience wise it is definitely much easier on, to do it on over zoom and stuff like that oh yeah 100 percent. i would much rather do them in person if i could uh, but you know, oh, especially yeah. because of my internet <laughs> which for anyone watching that's why <laughs> there's a slight delay between me saying things and jack replying or jack saying things and me replying because of the internet um so yeah, but basically, if I could, I'd do it in person, um, and I think the extra effort it takes is definitely worth it, because uh, you can kind of, in person, you can build energy and like share rapport a lot easier than if it's just a face on a screen, because obviously, you know, it's 3D, it's real, it's in front of you, not just, well, like pixels on a screen. See, this, I'm having this same issue at the moment with my uni work, because I'm going to have to go, well, I'm supposed to be doing this documentary. Uh, as you know, uh, I'm at the moment sort of doing working with these charity guys. Um, they're on Facebook, I think. Uh, Sri Lanka, 1,000 miles bike ride for charity. Uh, if you want to go find them, anyone, um, check them out. I think they'd definitely appreciate it. They're doing it for Calm Charity, uh, raising awareness for mental health and suicide prevention and stuff like that. I'll leave a link in the bio for it. Um, yeah, thank you, yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so for, the, for this documentary I'm supposed to be doing for them, for my uni work, I obviously want to get the cameras out and do, go and do it in person because I think, especially with such a sensitive topic like mental health and suicide and stuff like that, you really want the people to open up to you. And, and if even if you don't want people to get emotional, but obviously, you know, for the cameras, it does look a lot more authentic if people are sort of getting you know into it and getting upset or you know opening up oh, yeah, i don't think you can get that same sort of reaction over over zoom it's just not you know it, you don't feel it, that same atmosphere do you it's not the same no like when you go just for example like if you see do you know who tony robbins is uh i don't know Okay, so he's, he's basically essentially like a motivational speaker and you like look at his talks when he was giving them in person and there's people like crying, there's people getting upset, there's people cheering, people screaming and you just don't have that atmosphere over like a Zoom call, do you? So it's, 
it's so difficult to create that atmosphere and even if people are screaming cheering crying how are you going to know because most of the time they maybe don't have mm. the camera so i mean yeah in person 100 yeah. percent all the way especially for film production yeah no that, that's the thing isn't it it's that's why it's hitting practical courses so hard this year and i really hope that the, the universities or even the government i don't know who's you know who's meant to be in charge of all this but someone needs to sort this out because it is a bit of a shambles for for practical courses in my opinion so how has covid affected you because obviously you are doing a practical course and like i can imagine that it's like borderline hell so how's it kind of affected you Mm -hmm. and how have you been dealing with it so i'd say usually we're meant to in an in an average university year i believe we're meant to be in at least 12 hours a week sort of face-to-face contact time um with the lecturer and and, you know bouncing off ideas of each other and and that sort of thing but this year we're only down to three hours out of the 12 in person and the other uh quick maths nine hours is on uh on on zoom or, or like team meetings or whatever it is so it's it's not great because you know it's not down to the lecturers like, i don't want to like throw any lecturers under the bus because it's like they can't physically teach us the same way that they could you know in person with the cameras and like holding them up and and, and you know um and even even like on some of our modules we don't need to do a lot of practical stuff like at the moment we've got a script writing module which obviously can just be done on word and you know you don't need that physical interaction but at the same time like last year when we were doing script writing and stuff like that it helped so much just to be in a room full of creative people that you can bounce ideas off of and and talk to and you know just just even just having a laugh with a mate can spark an idea and go oh yeah i could use that in my story or something like that you don't get that online because you know there's only one like voice channel isn't there you can't just whisper in your mate's ear like you know and and have a have a quick convo you you know everyone's got to mute their mics or you know if you do say something everyone can hear it Hmm. so it's just not the same yeah there's less freedom and less kind of less different like free like even the noise is 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 3d in you know if you have a like conversation in person like you say you've got some people whispering some people shouting you can have a conversation with one person and overhear another conversation and then link the two together whereas like say with this it's very much you're segmented into rooms at best um mm. and or everyone else is muted and you've got one person speaking and it's just very systemized which is good for like a speech or a presentation but not so good for having just conversation like you said yeah yeah definitely but uh, the thing is, like, I'm not gonna. I'm not sitting here and like complaining about everything and not trying to do something about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not that sort of person. Like, if I've got an issue, I'll try everything in my power to get, you know, to get that issue fixed, rather than just sit and complain about it. So I have been over the uh, the sort of past few months, and even in the summer, because the end of last year was a bit of a shambles as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been sort of in contact with the university. Uh, through online I've, I've got in touch with the the head of sort of arts which is like the guy that controls our campus at uni um and 
there's been this constant back and forward conversations with them trying to sort out some sort of compensation really but they keep batting it off and they keep sort of they'll blame the government but then in the government sort of debates that they have you know in, in the house of commons and all that they'll be talking um and they'll say oh it's actually up to the universities to decide uh you know how they compensate the students so it's just a blame game they're just passing it back and forward back and forward like it's, it's your fault no it's your fault it's your fault and meanwhile the students are just, just chilling around you know getting the, the bad end of the stick really and not 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 getting any yeah exactly so it's just it's all a bit of a ball like really but you know i'm not going to stop trying um and I, I have recently found out that we are under the uh i don't know if you've heard of the consumer trading app but it was sort of updated in 2015 and it's very sort of detailed and it goes over like basically saying that if you buy a product from someone or you know a service or anything like that you have a right to essentially transparency and in some cases if necessary a full refund so Does education you know i'm like yeah, yeah so it 100 percent comes under it it comes under a service because we paid a hell of a lot of money like nine and a half grand a year isn't it mm. for university on top of that you've got the rent that you're paying for as well um and you're not getting the same the same you know service that you would be in other years so i'm i, I think i'm within my right to say that we we deserve you know we deserve to be treated accordingly but to be fair i don't know to be fair i suppose it's not much different from like buying an online course and if you was to buy an online course and it was promised i don't know pers in person meetings um as like training for example and then all you get is video yes you would then at least ask for a partial refund or, or a full refund mm. because it wasn't as described so yeah no i suppose mm. yeah yeah i suppose it would make sense and we should definitely be due some sort of compensation um, oh 100 percent at the end of like, i'm not expecting i would say i'm not expecting a full refund mm. i am just you know i'm being reasonable i, I just expect to be refunded for the lessons that we we didn't get in person if that makes sense so if if i don't know if this is the right number but say for if we missed out on 60 percent of the years in person um sort of face-to-face -face lectures then i think we deserve around 60 percent of a refund mm -hmm. it just you know miss you don't want to be paying for what you're not getting mm -hmm. i think online courses or online what, what is it open university courses mm. don't they cost like three grand three grand a year or something uh, have a look so why are we paying nine grand a year oh is it it's less that's oh, even yeah. worse then yeah um what it basically says for most of for a lot of modules you basically fund yourself so you don't really have to pay as such you just kind of pay for right. what you want to do oh here we go for the ones that you do have to pay for yeah it's three grand for the year um for it yeah so mm. for it's difficult to find education okay so yeah so it's three grand so it's 12 grand in total for a four-year course um Oh no! Mm. For a full for sorry, that's part time. For a full time degree, it's six grand. Okay. Right. 
How does that compare to? So I, I, I'm not sure how enterprise years work, like money wise. Do you have to pay something, or is it just completely you do your own thing, you don't pay anything? Uh, so enterprise year comes under a year in industry, and year in industry you pay 650 tuition fee. So I pay basically nothing anyway. Yeah. Okay. So you've sort of got yourself covered well, there, really, haven't you? Well, yeah. It's... But, but it. <laughs> Definitely, definitely worked out for the best there, I think, for <laughs> for yourself. But oh yeah, 100%. I don't know. 100%. It's just a frustration, really. But mm. you, you know, you Ho hopefully. Go on. No, go on. Oh, you you kind of touched on the the creative side of it. Like obviously, when you have conversations in person, you can get inspiration from there. Like a lot of my best ideas come from having conversations with people, and it's completely unrelated, and then got a great idea. Um, how have you found kind of coming up with ideas for like your uni projects and even your projects outside of university? So like the charity work you mentioned, how have you found coming up with inspiration and ideas and just generally the creative side of it without having that you know, source of inspiration? So that's probably been the thing I've struggled with the most this year, um, especially with my design courses. So at the moment, I've showed you a page of it I think but I'm sort of doing a magazine for one of my modules mm -hmm. and you have to literally design every every aspect of it um, from the top of your head so you know something like that like last year we had our lecturer sort of in the room with us and he was some sort of creative genius honestly like I'd sit there and most of the other people would sit there for like bloody hours like obviously like brain dead like creative block sort of thing but then he'd come over and then look at it for like half a second and he'd be like, oh, yeah, this this is a sick idea I can make, you know, and he, he just touches it all up and, and makes it bloody amazing. I'm like, I, honestly, like, I aspire to be like that one day. But, but yeah, obviously, we, we don't get that this year at all. So yeah. it's, it you sort of sit there. Yeah, I mean, what I've had to do is just look online and watch videos and, you know, see if I can get any inspiration from, other people's work and you know not obviously not plagiarize their work but just sort of pick out a little snippet from each person's work that i see that i like and then you know make it into your own sort of thing but it's still not the same as as a regular year i'd no, say especially if you do have someone who is just an ideas guy uh, or girl obviously um and like mm. there's just those types of people that they can literally just look at something look at you know, four thousand things that are completely unrelated, and just like pull them all together into an amazing idea, just like that, without even having to think about it. Um, Definitely, you just you need I, someone I, like that around you at all times. Honestly, I, I think that's why in in sort of a lot of media jobs with like creative stuff, you do get very small teams, but you have a team. Like a team is literally there for a reason it's because everyone needs to bounce ideas off of each other and obviously like shut each other down if this idea is bad early on and stuff so you don't carry on and waste your time with bad ideas and, and you just need that that atmosphere you need that group of people that you can be oh yeah this is you know this isn't good enough or yeah this is amazing or and stuff like that but but one thing i have learned this year is you i mean i sort of knew it already but just reinforced it this year you do sometimes need to just get up and walk out 
important and maybe even if even if necessary like go to sleep just wake up the next day with fresh eyes because it honestly can't underestimate the the power of just looking at something with fresh eyes because you can sit there for hours staring at the screen trying to think of something and you won't get anything until the next day so instead of wasting all those hours not getting anywhere you should just move on do something else and then come back to it later and and you know and then hey presto you've got the uh, the ideas I've always found that my ideas come to me when I'm not doing anything or not thinking about anything else. So like I'm in the shower, when I've just woken up, I'm tired, I'm not thinking of anything at all. Um, or you know, literally just having a break, or even on weekends when I'm like relaxing um, and just not thinking of things, not stimulating my mind. Um, it just all like on walks, I just have a lot of ideas that come to me. Um, or one thing that happened the other day is I got into bed ready to sleep at like I think it was like half ten ready to sleep and then all these ideas start popping into my head and next thing I know I'm up till <laughs> half one in the morning because I've been writing down all these ideas ready for oh the next day oh my god <laughs> I didn't realise all the time was so yeah. well it's good you can get carried away with your work like that that's obviously like really inspirational and the fact that you can be so passionate about it as well I guess mm. just speaks to your, your business I guess and, and where it's going um but i'd say definitely like ideas do just come to you off a whim and and like you said about writing them down i'm the same i literally have to write them down because i know if i don't it'll be gone like by the time i wake up it will be literally gone yeah so uh, i had a call with a guy called ash yesterday and he taught me a trick where basically because he has a lot of ins- his inspiration in the shower whenever he gets in the shower now he puts his phone in the bathroom to record so then if he does have an idea, he doesn't need to wait until he's out of the shower and he forgets it. He can just literally shout it out and then he's got the recording of it. <laughs> that's, that's clever. Exactly. <laughs> wow. I mean, whatever works for you, I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they probably pick up some weird noises because I sing in the shower. So if I was to record, if I was to record that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely. I, I was saying to you the other day like I, I can't believe how you managed to come up with so many ideas in general for your your sort of copywriting and, and your posts online so I don't know if you can sort of give us an insight into into how you come up with those ideas uh, so in terms of my content specifically I up until recently it was just kind of I like splurged whatever ideas came to my mind on a page and then tried to organize it um, and that's good in terms of you get lots of ideas out but in the bluntest way a lot of those ideas are then shit so you need to then filter through Mm. it takes like time to then decide which is good which is bad and then it takes time to organize them into actual pieces of content you could create so now what i do is i with my content specifically i try to create a specific type of content for each day and then alternate that through the days Uh, So, for example, Monday, I always try and post something motivational, whether that's a quote, Mm. whether it's a story of like an entrepreneur who overcame something, whether it's usually something content related. So, you know, just some some sort of something that's just uplifting, that's going to make you feel good at the start of the week. Uh, Whereas then contrast that to the end of the week on Sundays, I then try and post something that has more of an entertainment side of it. So it isn't necessarily teaching you how to do something. It's just. Yeah, maybe, maybe it makes you laugh, maybe it just makes you go, huh, yeah, like, or whatever it, whatever you do. Um, 
So that's mm. kind of how I structure it there. And then in terms of the ideas specifically, I try and have one main focus every single day across all the platforms I post on. Uh, so for argument's sake, let's say my focus for next Monday is Elon Musk. Then I can create a post about Elon Musk and then just kind of you know, take specific elements that appeal to the different platforms more. So for example, LinkedIn, I can talk about Elon Musk as a professional business owner. For Instagram, I can post a picture of Elon Musk standing in front of the SpaceX center or SpaceX rockets or something, you know, something that's more mm. specific to that platform. Um, and the ideas are just kind of, when you structure it like that, it's not like going from, because before it was like going from, right, you've got no ideas to, you need to think of 50 ideas today. Uh, whereas now it's very much uh, right you've got step one and two down because you know what type of content you're posting and the focus of that content all you now need to do is just find something that relates those two and once you've got two building blocks down it's really easy to just you know link it so if it's motivational then it's Elon Musk it's Elon Musk's story because that's really motivational basically and that's kind of just mm. how I do it and once you structure it like that whether it's content, whether it's business ideas, if you can get the very basics down and have a structure at the very basic levels, then it's really easy to just build more complex ideas on top of it. Yeah, no, no. I think, obviously, like I said earlier, with me working and doing this, this work for the charity and I've been sort of doing their posts online, similar to the posts, I guess, that you do just on a smaller scale. Um, but I, I sort of, have got myself into that same sort of routine of, of telling myself, okay, today is going to be a post on, you know, motivation or a, a, a fact on mental health or a, um, if the guy sent me over a video, obviously I'll use that. Um, but it's, it is like you say, all based around sort of giving yourself one, um, one sort of subject to focus on. And then, and then it, it sort of narrows it down a bit, doesn't it? And you, and you can create better ideas. But Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I strongly recommend for anyone creating content that you have a system like that. Um, and I know I said I was going to come up with some more ideas for the charity because obviously I'm doing a little bit of work with them as well. Um, and I, I'm basically, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you a structure like that um, and mm. then you know, pass that on to them. And then maybe it's just a case of, it's almost like a case of filling the blanks rather than, right now you've got to try and formulate all of the ideas in your head basically so it's just a much yeah. more manageable bite size just get that done get that done get that done rather than trying to make sense of everything so oh yeah 100 percent. now that'd be brilliant that but yeah, yeah we really appreciate the help obviously <laughs> that's all right um I, I enjoy doing it um at the end of the day it's for a good cause uh, and again just for anyone watching I will post a link to that in the bio so you can easily find it uh, thank you very much going back a little bit then so you've, you've <coughs> said about your journey at the University of Derby and how you're sort of dealing with Covid with that um, you've also talked a lot about charity work so you also said a few weeks ago that you're kind of branching out to Fiverr the freelance platform, how's that going have you had any success yeah. with that or so initially I'd set it up because I, I didn't really know what I wanted to sort of do on Fiverr, but I thought after talking to you, I thought, ah, oh, I'll just set one up just in case. Cause 
at least then I've got the possibility of someone messaging me, even if it's like 2% possibility of someone messaging me and saying, ah, oh, can you do this for me? Or, you know, get a little bit of freelancing work done. I thought ah, it'd be, it'd be, it, it should be worth it. So I set one up a few months ago and then heard nothing back from it really about for a, a month or two. And then out of the blue, I got a, uh, a an email saying, oh, so-and-so has messaged you on Fiverr. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, well, that's good, I guess. <laughs> and then, and then uh, I went on to it and the guy was like, fairly sort of big youtuber and he was just like oh yeah can you do some work for me and i was like at first i had to double take i was like what <laughs> like I've, I've literally got nothing like i've got i haven't done any work for anyone on, on fiverr yet so how can this guy be messaging me um but yeah I've, I've sort of been doing a bit of work for this guy and uh it's, it's just a bit mad really the fact that i didn't you know intend to straight away get loads of people sort of to do edits for and stuff like that but then all of a sudden that out of the blue you just sort of get a message so i definitely recommend to anyone sort of rec uh, thinking about going into freelancing or or any sort of you know fiverr work then just set one up if you're thinking about it don't don't wait until like you're ready to to get into it or something like that there's no point waiting around because more than likely you're not going to get um, people messaging you straight away so the best thing to do is just set one up and then let them come in slowly and, and build you can build yourself up that way mm. i mean obviously you've got experience with fiverr as well so no i experienced pretty much the exact same thing i created my gigs as they're called um and i had no orders no messages i didn't even get any impressions on the gigs for probably three or four months i think it was uh, and then all of a sudden I started getting a few here and there like impressions and then I was like okay fuck so people are seeing my stuff um, and then I think it was like month six it then I basically got three messages in one day for work and I hadn't changed anything <laughs> and I was just sitting mm. there just like well <laughs> why <laughs> um, yeah so anyway yeah then from there I was getting pretty much I would say it was an average of an order a day or at least a request for an order a day um so yeah, no, it just took off for no reason. Like, it was no reason as far as I could tell. It just takes that one person to see your work. Like with you, it was that you know semi well-known YouTuber. You know, if you could do work for them, if you get a testimonial off them, then that next customer can see it, and then that next customer can see their both of mm. their reviews, and then it just kind of piles up and up and up. Um, and success is exponential, whether it's in real life, you know, living life, or whether it's on the platform like Fiverr. You know, the moment you get one win, no matter how small, the next win's easier, and the next win is even easier. And it's just a big ball of success is the kind of way that I see it. I think I'd definitely say it feeds into a philosophy I've sort of built for myself, which is just plant the seeds mm -hmm. everywhere that you want to sort of being so if i want to get into editing in the future even if i'm not ready now just plant the seed and you know let it grow and then when you are ready you'll actually have a platform there to sort of build from rather than waiting until you get to the point where you're like oh, okay i'm ready now and then you know there's nothing to do because you haven't planted any seeds yeah. and and it's the same with with podcasts and stuff i think just listening to podcasts can plant the seeds that that 
put you in a direction, you know, for growth. Because if I hadn't have listened to that podcast on Elon Musk while I was at Sainsbury's, who knows what I'd be doing right now? But it wouldn't be investing. Exactly. I know that for sure. So it, it's really weird how the, the whole butterfly effect thing works and like how it can set you on a different path in life. And it really is just about about planting the seeds, I think. Yeah, 100%. That's why, like, for that reason exactly, that's why I'm all about consuming and creating as much content, as much stuff, putting as much of your stuff out there, whether that is content, whether that is yeah, messaging people, whether that's consuming like podcasts, but YouTube videos, um, just do as much as you can. Because like you say, if you learn something from a podcast, that can then completely influence your whole career. Uh, you could, you know, send one person a message saying, "Hi, I'm an up and coming like film editor. Do you have any tips for me?" And then in a year's time, you could be applying for a job, and they could be your future boss, and they'll remember you from that conversation. So it's just kind of like say little actions mm. that build up over time, and you know, God knows where it could take you. Basically, literally, exactly that. It's you never know what's going to happen in life. So, like I said before, just plant the seeds and you know you can't go wrong some of the some of the seeds will be deadbeat like you know they'll they won't go anywhere at all no a lot of them but, will probably be dead but all it takes yeah, is one 100%. all it takes exactly is one. exactly that's it. It, it like with your post if, if one post came across someone's like some big copywriter's feed and they were like oh this guy you know looks like he's got potential he's similar to how i was when i was you know starting off and then he picks you up and he's like Oh, you know, here's a load of connections and whatnot. Um, then that's all it takes, isn't it? Just one post to come across the right desk at the right mm -hmm. time. So exactly, and that's why I've now started posting as much as possible. So I'm now posting seven days a week. Not because you need that to grow a platform, but if you're posting seven days a week, it massively increases your chances of getting your post in front of the right person at the right time because you're posting mm -hmm. so much more. You know, like if you if you make one hit, the chance of that hit hitting is so low. But if you do a million hits, sure, maybe you'll only hit one percent of them, but that's still one percent of a million. Which again, quick maths. <laughs> what is that? Is it 10, <laughs> no, don't look at me. <laughs> ten thousand. We'll say ten thousand. Is he? Is he going into the calculator now? <laughs> Can't get this right. <laughs> <laughs> determined I should probably know this off the top of my head I do computer science yeah, 10,000 10, 10, I did get it right <laughs> oh, okay he's having a moment it's all good okay yeah I'd have ten, then you'd have 10,000 wins but it's because you've tried a million times not because you're better than most people basically it's, it's just a numbers game really mm. definitely definitely I think if, if I had to say one other thing that can help you grow as as a person in general and, and build your philosophy and stuff like that i'd definitely say that taking an attitude of you know you don't know everything you 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 have to be open to learning new things you can't just be like oh no i already know about all that so i won't bother listening to this person or you know blah blah blah, blah. like everyone has something you can learn from i believe uh, whether that be you know sort of learning what not to do because that person's a complete you know lunatic or obviously the more the more uh, easier sort of 
way of saying it's like just learning off someone who's doing better than you at what you want to do so like i've seen in your post you talk about learning from your competitors and stuff like that i feel like that's such a key thing and and just looking at a company that's doing what you want to do and then taking that in and going right obviously i don't want to completely copy what they're doing but what connects with me and how can i put that into my business and how can i grow my business with stuff like that the important thing to remember with that is your competitors have potentially built that idea that is them from the ground up so they've actually had to work from like literally from the very root idea all the way up to where they are now whereas if you then take what your competitors are doing you can just take them take step 100 which is where they are and all you need to then do is come up with one idea and improve what they're doing which is so easy to do once you have the first 100 steps because they've given mm. given it to you by existing all you've got to do is take it basically and then just improve on oh, that. exactly like the internet is such an amazing resource because you can literally look at somebody's work that they put decades into and then you know you, without having to have done that decades of work that like you've got that work there for you mm-hmm. that you can just build upon and, and take that next step mm-hmm. and it's just i just think it's brilliant it's brilliant and people need to take more advantage of it i think exactly it's i think it's better in the long run as well because if you've got a company that's put decades into their business to grow it to that level you take it from there and put decades into it and then somebody else takes mm. it from you and they, you know, then that's compiled everything, and then they put decades into it. It's just like a big boy. It's only going to get better, and the innovations will only get better, and, and, and you know, businesses will only get further along if you just learn from people that have done it before and just improve on that. Mm. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, mm. definitely. Build, to me, building the foundations for anything are the hardest part. So why would you bother building the foundations if? somebody else has actually created those foundations for you just use the foundations that have been given and just build from there so much Mm. easier so much quicker so much better for everybody yeah yeah definitely definitely so another thing i'm curious about then is not just the work side of it but also what you do with your free time and more importantly (laughs) how do you structure your day so that you can find a good work-life balance not become burnt out but still get everything you need to get done done so what i tend to do i'm a bit of a night owl if i'm completely honest i've tried all through my life to not be a night owl and to be one of these people that can get up really early and the amount of times I've tried to reset my sleeping pattern so I can get up at, you know, eight o'clock in the morning or, you know, some people get up at bloody five in the morning, go for a run, have a shower, have breakfast, do loads of work. And I've only just woken up at bloody, what, like, fuck or whatever. But what I tend to do is after, like, obviously advice I've heard online and from yourself is, is sort of structure my day around those hours that I am awake. So if I wake up at 11, I'll be doing at 11 what, like the guy I just said who's woken up at 5, I'll be doing what he's doing at 5, but I'll just be doing it at 11. Mm-hmm. And then when he's asleep at like, I don't know, like 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the evening, I will still be awake doing the things that he's done previously, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, it's the same day, it's just delayed or put forward a couple of hours, basically, or two hours. Um, yeah. Like I said to you, it's not about 
when you're awake is like if your most productive time which for you like based on what you've told me it is is you know let's say your most productive time is 6 p.m till 2 in the morning for example then obviously you want to be doing your mm. most important work between those times why would you not basically yeah yeah definitely definitely so yeah I'll, i'd get up in the sort of late morning maybe like 11 o'clock i aim to get up around between nine and ten but you know sometimes it just doesn't happen if i'm honest um and then i'll get up i'll have my breakfast have a shower sort of get myself freshened up essentially uh sometimes i'll have a coffee although it doesn't always give me the effect that i want for some reason or another um and then i'll sort of try and crack on with my work really like at the moment i'll crack on with my uni work so actually i'll take it back a bit first i so the night before, or the, at the start of the week, I'll go on my notes app on, on the iPhone and I'll sort of get a list written out for each day. I'll be like Monday, and then I'll put, do a little checklist of things I want to get done. Tuesday, little checklist of what I want to get done, and so-and-so, like for the, all the days in the week. Mm-hmm. And then sort of, for me, that's that's what makes me get more done because I'll, I'll look at the list and I'll be like, all right, I need to get this done before the end of the day. And that motivates me to get it done. I'm, I'm a very, um, what's the word? I guess you could use the word OCD, but it's just like a completionist. You know what I mean? Like a perfectionist. I want to, I want to get it all complete. I want to get all those checklists, like all the little boxes ticked, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's like a massive, weird motivational thing where I'm like, I've got to get that box filled. So I'm going to get all this work done, no matter how long it takes me. Um, but then obviously with taking breaks in between i'll have a 15 20 minute break maybe sometimes longer if if necessary if i've been working for a bit longer and then i'll come back into it again and and keep going until it gets later on i don't know like 10 o'clock maybe um maybe a bit earlier around sort of dinner time like for me i'll take a step back and be like right i'm just gonna chill out and do you know do a bit of watching films or reading or you know a bit of socializing with my housemates because i think for me like we said earlier that's when the ideas come to you that you can apply when you're working during the day so yeah Mm. no i've definitely learned the value very recently actually of having more time not working to then read completely your thoughts because if you have breaks and have time off work you can work more focused and more intensely when you actually are Um, I used to just be a big believer of like I'm going to work a 7 or 8 hour block with no breaks at all Um, and yes it looks like great I got a lot done in those 8 hours but it's taken me 8 hours whereas now I can achieve the exact same thing in 3 because I'm taking breaks and keeping my mind fresh through the day Uh, so it's definitely yeah it's definitely a good way of doing it do you try and break up your tasks that you have to get done each day into different types of tasks or, or do you just order it on importance or so i tried to order it in importance so i have i did read a book i think it was in this book um what is it the habit is it the seven habits of highly effective people or, or is it, i think that's the title yeah so in that book they sort of detail um, about this this way of doing a checklist 
but not doing it in the traditional way. So you'll have sort of do a little cross. So you've got like four boxes, like is top, it the Eisenhower left, trick? top right, bottom left, bottom. I'm I can't remember what the name is if I'm honest, yeah. but it could be. Um, so in the top left, you'll have say like urgent stuff. Oh, oh, oh okay, here we go. Screen share. <laughs> Pull the trick out of the book. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This is. It was. I think it was phrased a little bit differently, but that that is essentially the same thing. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Um, Would you talk for it then while you were on a roll? So in the top left, obviously you can see do, which is like do it now, um, which I think from memory the way that he said is you want to keep things out of that box really um but if you if you have something say work that's in for tomorrow then obviously that's going to be in the urgent box or something that you need to do right now that's just literally right now you need to get it done mm-hmm. the the second um box is the, the one on the top right decide so you essentially it's, it's sort of long-term stuff that you want to work towards and get done but it's not urgent like you're not going to die if you don't do it right now sort of thing um so that i'm trying to think of an example so i guess I what for me the, uh, important and not urgent for me that's uh, like self-development i use that to like uh, brush up on my skills and stuff like that yeah, yeah, yeah. so i think for, for this i'd say like for me and the not not urgent but important would be that like investing and stuff like that and long-term goals essentially stuff that you want to build you know your stuff I, I'd, I'm not sure I was going to say your business would probably be in there as well but it's it's a weird one because obviously it is urgent you want to get it done mm-hmm. um, like right now but it's not it's not going to fall apart if you don't do it for one day or so, I guess but no short of short uh, of like paid client work um, other than like that like content at the end of the day, it doesn't get done. It's like it's not my business isn't going to collapse. It's just not going to grow, basically. Um, so the mm. only thing that would really be essentially that would really have to be in the important urgent section for me personally would be, you know, paid client work that has a specific deadline that I need to work to. Yeah. Oh yeah, a hundred percent then. Um, but then obviously not important urgent for me would be sort of my leisure stuff so i guess on like the, the playstation i pay, play a fair bit of playstation um and like computer games and and films and stuff like that obviously not majorly important but for me it still it, it helps my creative process but obviously it's not furthering my uh my business or anything like that it's not furthering the things in the blue box if that makes sense mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, they're, they're, that's the sort of priority list sort of thing. And then obviously the fourth box is, you know, stuff you need to get rid of a- ASAP. Yeah. Uh, stuff that's not. Time. Yeah, essentially. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so yeah, that I I've not read like I said I've not read the book. I actually heard that from one of my mentors, um, and he basically talked about this. Um, and like I say, he took more of a stance of, for example, the not important and urgent stuff was kind of your leisure time, your wind down time, uh, like spending time with your family, you know, walking the dog if you've got a dog, 
Um, whereas here it's yeah. more, more about delegating, so that would be stuff like I don't know, like admin stuff that you don't need to do in terms of work anyway. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, like I I always use it as more of just a right. That's my leisure time. That's when I'm gonna chill, wind down, not work, um, rather than rather than delegating it. So because you can't really delegate your leisure time. Well, that, that's what I was going to say. That that looks more like a, you know, like a running a business sort of thing rather than a exactly yeah. a per- personal sort of things. Yeah. Yeah. But so, it's 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 definitely. Uh, I was going to say it's, it's definitely factored into my uh, my sort of planning process over the past year, mm-hmm. and and into getting more stuff done basically, prioritizing. Yeah, no, I can I can recommend it as well. Um, I've used that for a little while, and it's helped me organize work. Make sure that what needs to get done gets done because if you like for me when i was getting up at half seven i would always have a productivity dip at like 2 3 p.m and after that my work mm. quality just wasn't as good so it means that everything that needs to get done that day to a high quality can get done before i then have that productivity dip um, and then yeah. after that if i'm slightly less productive or slightly less creative it's not the end of the world because it's not as needed I think that's a massive thing, isn't it? You can't just look online and, you know, type in what's the best way to structure my day because everybody has a personalized structure that works for them. Mm-hmm. Like, not everyone's going to have a dip around two o'clock if they get up at seven. Mm-hmm. But for you, that's that's the perfect way to work. That, that, that works perfectly for you. But, yeah. you know, you, people can't just try and copy what you're doing and get the same results. Everyone needs to think for themselves and, 100%, yeah. and apply it in their own way. Exactly. Like, find a wake-up time that's most productive for you. So, if you, you know, if your most productive time to wake up is 11 a.m., 10 a.m., whatever it is, that's not a problem. Just work, like, you know, work really hard when you're awake, basically. Um, if my most productive wake-up time is seven, or even if I try waking up at four, which I'm not doing, but if I was to wake up at four, that could be my most productive time. So, it's, it's I've seen people with wake up at four, and they're most productive. I've seen people wake up at like 2 p.m. Um, and they just go to sleep at like <laughs> four in the morning or six in the morning or something ridiculous. Um, and then mm. also with like the structure of work, some people actually work better by blocking like big blocks of work and just working nonstop without breaks. Whereas other people work better by doing an hour of work, having a 10 minute break and structuring it like that. Um, so I'm at the point now where I'm testing it like until the start of this week, I was working, like I said, like eight hour blocks top like minimum kind of thing uh, whereas now I'm doing sort of a few blocks of two or three hours and then structuring it with breaks in between and I'm finding that I'm able to work much much smarter and get more done in a like well, less than half of the time I'm the same I think like when <clears throat> before I would sort of get into like that work mode where you're like right I need to get everything done I'm going to get it I'm going to sit here in this chair until it's done and I'm not moving until it's done and you'd sort of do that for a few days or even a few weeks and then by the end of it you're sort of left a bit burnt out because you're like I don't know you don't have that same spark you did when you started doing that Mm -hmm. and I feel like you need it is like obviously like you're changing your ways now and so am I It's, it's, it's definitely more beneficial in the long run to take breaks even as hard as it might be to think uh you know i know i'm on a really good roll right now but i need to just step back and you know 
and let let the world do its thing. If you <laughs> I take, guess I don't know. If you take the step back and take the time off. I think it's easier to stay on that role or you know go get back into that role again. So like okay, fine, maybe you take an hour off, but then after that hour mm. you'll be able to just clean it fresh again. Whereas if you keep working, you're just slowly going to be going down and down and down. Um, and like you said, that's true for the entire week as well. Like the start of the week, if you're working, let's say sixteen hours solid, like you know some entrepreneurs do. If you work like for most people, if you work that every single day of the week, Monday, Tuesday, you'll probably be all right. By Wednesday, you'll be like, oh, have I got any more days of this? Because I know, because I've experienced this. <laughs> then you get to Thursday and you're like, I really yeah. can't be bothered. And Friday, most of the time, I would just be like, right, it's what, it's what time is it? Oh, it's 10 a.m. Yeah, I'm now <laughs> taking the day off. And it's like, well. <laughs> yeah. I, I think something I just thought of as well is, it does help you get into a good habit of sort of obviously like when you're in break mode sometimes you i guess i don't know if you get the same but sometimes i'll just feel like i'm so invested into this break break mode that i'm in now that i don't i find it difficult to come out of that break mode and go back into work mode but i feel like if you're doing that constantly and taking those 20 minute breaks every hour or two then you're sort of getting it in your head like practicing like muscle memory like okay i'm coming out of break mode now i'm going into work mode again and the more you do it like every day if you do that five or six times a day yeah. within a, a month or so you're going to be like able to switch those modes on and off exactly like easily it's, it's just training those muscles getting them working like getting getting yourself into that rhythm and once you're in that rhythm you can't really get out of it like that's not a bad thing by any means it's a good thing um, mm. and one thing that i've also learned is have you ever heard of state control I've heard of it in psychology. I think I'm pretty sure it was psychology. I learned about it. Yeah, vaguely. So in in like its simplest form, it's essentially using like out like external stimulus to basically influence your mindset and your state. So, for example, one really common and easy way to do it is listen to the same song on repeat over and over and over while you work. And then if you do that every single day for, I think it's like 20 days to a month, I can't remember the exact like science on it. But if you do that, then you can play that song. And anytime you play that song, you will get into a work state. Um, it's the same reason why if you work in your bedroom or in the same room where you sleep, you'll find that you get tired quite easily. Because mm. you associate yeah, that I... room with sleep. So. I think that is definitely something i want to apply in the future when i've got my own house or or flat or some basically somewhere where i can go and work in a different room because i feel like it's difficult in a in a house with your mates because it's like you can't really i mean i could go and work downstairs but then you've got more chance of someone walking in and then you end up yeah. in a conversation and you know yeah. um but i definitely do feel that when you sort of when you got your bed behind you and you just sort of turn around and you're like Oh, I could be in that right now. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. So, so yeah, definitely going forward, I want to have my own workroom. And I can already picture it now, like a lovely little studio with, like, fancy lights and, and you know, all that. I'm very minimalistic, so I'd have, like, a very sort of clean-looking setup. And mm -hmm. uh, that, that's my dream at the moment, I think, working towards that. Mm. Yeah, no, that sounds really good then. Um... So that's your like future plan or part of your future plan so you're obviously going to get your own yeah. eventually and have that kind of workspace yeah definitely 
Would you uh, be interested in getting your own studio, as in like buying a literal studio building? Uh, as in to sort of rent it out or to buy one myself? I don't know. Like, well, I mean, obviously, <laughs> I mean, it makes it sound like I'm selling one. I'm not, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, like just I don't know, like I mean, just a separate studio building, whether you rent it or buy it, just I don't know, just a studio to call it yourself, uh, and then you could have you know like human edits and human productions or something um, running out. Of that, I like guess an office building. if I think if money wasn't an issue, I'd one hundred percent, I one hundred percent think it would it would help the creative process and having somewhere to go that's. You know, not just a mental space to go to, but like a physical space to go to, where you get there and you're like, right, this is work mode now, and your whole body can tell you that this atmosphere is work mode now. Um, whereas, like, in the room at the moment where I've got my PS5 on the desk, got my computer like in front of me, which I do do work on, obviously, but it's got games on there as well, and it's a bit, it's, it's you have to sort of mentally block them out don't you yeah. whereas if you're in a studio they're not there so you don't have to have that thought process mm -hmm. yeah no I'm experiencing so yeah I'd, I'd definitely like, say with my with my PC like, I obviously have games on my PC and I mean the problem is right I can move out of my bedroom to do work because I'm in a two bed flat and M has one room mm. I have this room um, so I can yeah. work away from the bedroom where I, where I work where I sleep, sorry, but I am right now. I'm in the exact same position as when I game. I'm sitting at the same desk, looking at the same screen with the same computer as when I, you know, I spend my evenings gaming. So it's yeah. got a problem. Uh, but you know, it sounds good. Like I would love to be able to, you know, walk around and see your studio at some point. That sounds really good. That'd be, you know, be oh yeah. <laughs> we'll obviously be seeing some videos of uh, you touring your studio. Oh yeah, that's one day imagine i can just i can just see it now but i'm assuming that that is where you want to go for as well isn't it like in a studio sort of area building i've had right. a vision of so oh my, my future dream. basically is i want to not just have legal marketing i want to build a bunch of different businesses under like in different industries and then have it under yeah. the overall brand of regal um and i've had a vision i don't know how well it would work practically or realistically but I can just imagine a big office space and like on the four corners of this office space you have the different branches of Regal and then you've just got like a big communal pool of like the Regal team. Again, I don't know how practical that would be. It would probably... In, 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 my, he <laughs> in my head, I'm, 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 have you seen The Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah, or at exactly least... like that. <laughs> in, my, in my head, I, I'm picturing you at the front like, I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, yeah. Just... <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, that's kind of what I imagine. But whether it practically works and whether it, I can actually do it is a completely different story. Um, but I suppose that's one of the perks of dating an architect. So exactly, you've, you've got all the seeds in place there, and <laughs> exactly. you like exactly. <laughs> but, but but yeah, definitely. I think it's good to have goals to work towards. Like, and don't let people tell you that that your goals are stupid or they're too ambitious exactly, like, yeah. you can't be too ambitious no. that's the main thing like the amount of stories you hear and like podcasts and stuff like that of people that have been successful and they'll talk about when they were younger and people that ridiculed them and, and told them that you know what are you doing you're making a massive mistake whereas you know it's just why take advice from people that aren't where you want to be that's mm -hmm. the way i look at it 
Oh yeah, hundred percent. I saw a quote on Instagram the other day, uh, and it was, "Don't let somebody with a forty k a year salary talk you out of your million pound dream." And it's so true. Like, mm. why would you let somebody who hasn't achieved that say that that's like, or even tried to achieve that, tell you that it's not possible? Like, they don't know. <laughs> when have they tried to mm. make a million or try to get their own studio or try to build their own office or try to build a business? They haven't. Mm. So why should you listen? Hundred percent. I mean, I remember when I about a year or two ago, I was in a very sort of gym mode sort of. Uh, routine where I, I i was really focusing on the gym for about six months um and it was it was great i think and i was like cooking my own meals and sort of planning my, my meals for the week and i was getting proper like into it and doing everything that my sort of trainer at the gym was telling me to do and the amount of people that had spoken to me during that time and said oh no you should be doing it this way or you should be doing it that way or mm. you know you're doing that bit wrong and i just look at them and you can tell they haven't been to the gym in bloody years yeah so or if, if at all so it's in my head i'm sort of thinking i want to be respectful but at the same time fuck off <laughs> you know yeah but i'm not gonna listen obviously i'm gonna take in what you're saying but i'm i'm not gonna change my my routine based on someone who hasn't even done what i want to achieve exactly. i'm more inclined to listen to a personal trainer at, at the gym you can see his bloody muscles are coming freaking like you know in your in your face so yeah exactly so you know you're more inclined to listen to people that are where you want to be is what i'm trying to say essentially 100 yeah, yeah, and especially with something like a trainer like if you're paying somebody for expertise and they clearly like you have with a trainer the physical evidence that they are just completely jacked if you have all of those mm. things i don't understand the mentality of somebody trying to explain to you that you're doing it wrong when somebody who has achieved what you want yeah. to achieve in the way you want to achieve it is telling you what to do. It makes no sense. Exactly. Whatsoever. I think some people just like to feel like they know what they are, they're on about when they don't. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. one of the main things I've learned in life. Like I obviously I, I feel I pride myself on stuff that I do know, but I'm not afraid to take a step back and go, you know what? This other guy's got the expertise in this area. He's actually learning this stuff. So, mm -hmm. I'm just going to agree with what he's saying because I don't have the knowledge to, you know, come up with a counter argument. Well, yeah. Like, like, I'm, I'm... Even if you, even if it's something that you know a lot about, like for example, for you, it could be video editing. You know a lot about video editing. You know infinitely more than I know. That's for sure. Um, but that doesn't mean there isn't room to learn and grow. Like, you know, what I do all day, every day, pretty much, is create content and create content ideas. I'm pretty good at it. But I can guarantee that there's somebody that's better, even if it's better at one specific element of it. Like there's definitely mm. people out there that are better. Like there's always an opportunity to learn, whether you're a beginner, whether you know, even if you're widely considered the best in the world. You know, like if I was labelled the best content creator in the world, there's still going to be somebody out there that's better specifically at Instagram content. There's still going to be somebody out there that's specifically better at LinkedIn content. Like you, I can't, yeah. you can't possibly be the best at everything you can specialize at one thing or you can be very good at a lot of things but you can never specialize and be very good at every single thing uh, brilliant and the best at every single thing so there's always room to learn always room to grow 100 percent. i think that that's again like feeding into why people do need to obviously have leisure time as, as well as work time because i feel like 
the realization that other people of other people's work can come in leisure time i don't know whether that's just because i'm in like a very sort of media industry where film and stuff like that is classed as leisure but for me that's where i get my inspiration from so in a way it's it's sort of it is still leisure but it's it's also helping me come up with ideas if that makes sense so it could you could argue that it is part of the work as well yeah um but uh, yeah I, I just think you know there's so many places you can find inspiration and 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 find other people's work that may not overall be as good as your stuff but even if there's just one tiny little thing in there in one scene or something that you yeah. go Oh, that's actually pretty cool. I could use that. Take that, compile then... it, and then yours will just become better. Like if you take, if you have a hundred people who are better at you at one thing, and take all of theirs, and or take mm. learn from all of them, and you put all of those hundred things together, yours, yours is then going to improve massively overall. Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. Definitely. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and like you said, you can even if somebody's not good at something you can always learn what not to do from them mm. oh, 100% yeah mm. and another thing I wanted to talk about is one of your I don't know what it is a crush or one of your heroes Elon Musk we've talked about oh. a couple of times um, yeah. what is it you love about him so much why do you love him like, what, is, what makes you think yes Elon Musk is the greatest man on earth or whatever you think so I feel like all my life I've searched I'm gonna make this sound really dramatic now all, all my life I've searched like for a uh, for like some sort of mentor I think to, to sort of feed off and, and strive to be like and I've found through that process I found a lot of people that inspire me but I've never sort of come across anyone that inspires me as much as this guy because even just hearing from where he began, he literally began backpacking through, I believe it was Canada to start with, because he came from South Africa, and he was like, oh, I want to, you know, I want to go over to America and, and start kicking around over there, because, you know, it's a land of opportunity, supposedly, isn't it? So he, um, so he went over to there, and, and obviously look at him now, he, he, he was backpacking across bloody Canada, and now he's the second today the second richest person in the world so if that doesn't inspire you to to you know come from not um wealthy beginnings to, to sort of get to that sort of stage then i don't know what what will because he's like honestly you get so many people that complain on twitter and the comments and stuff on the post about him being the second richest person in the world they're like ah oh, so he shouldn't be the second person he doesn't deserve it he doesn't deserve this he doesn't deserve that where you know he's worked from probably where these people were mm -hmm. from like and even in some cases they, these people might be better off than where he was when he began but you know he's worked so hard um and something else, actually, about Tesla, you know, one of his companies, he's obviously got loads of companies at the moment, but one of his companies, Tesla, he um, was actually, in 2008, about a few hours away from being bankrupt, like completely bankrupt. And he literally put all of his money into this company, even though he knew that it was probably going to fail. He thought he'd rather have a 1% chance of it working 
and then it failed and not try at all. And he was even at the point where he was having to borrow uh, money from his friends to pay rent. pay rent. Like he, he literally, that's how dedicated he was to his work. Like he didn't want this company to fail because that was his life. Like he didn't, you know, that was his goal. He wants to do all these things for the world. And a lot of people in that position would have just gone, nah, I'm not going to risk it. I'm just going to take the money, go retire in a home somewhere. But instead, he's obviously dedicated himself, and and he he is known to to sleep on the uh, the floors of his factories as well, which is just like insane for a CEO. You couldn't imagine Jeff Bezos doing that in it. No, hundred percent. Amazon factory, could you? Because he because when Elon Musk when like say when he was borrowing money for rent and stuff, he sold PayPal, mm. and then he basically invested every single penny that he got mm. from PayPal into like I think it was it Tesla, SpaceX, and the Boring Company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he obviously made a fair amount of money from PayPal. Um, before that, I think it was, uh, I think one of his first biggest companies was a company called Zip2, which was essentially a very basic version of Google Maps. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously he start, he took the money he got from that into PayPal, which then was it, did they get bought out by? eBay, yeah, or I've something like that. Here, that's what I was typing. So, eBay purchased PayPal in 2002 for 1.5 billion dollars. On that deal, Musk made mm. 180 million dollars, which he then invested into multiple different companies, basically. Yeah, so that that's what he did. Like he could have, at that point, any sane person would have just gone, "All right, then, I'm set for life. I'm going to go retire in the hills with a wife and dog," you know. And, and you you know have kids and stuff, but but this guy thought, nah, fuck that, we're gonna go and bloody spend all of this money to uh, to fulfil this dream he's obviously had since he was younger, mm-hmm. which is gonna completely change the world if you're looking forward. Like we're we're still, I know it sounds like these companies are starting to become massive, but we're still only on the brink. Or on, on the beginnings of, of sort of where these companies are going to be and how they're going to change our lives. Um, so with Tesla, you've got electric cars, and it's not just electric cars. They're, they're working with solar panels and stuff like that for people's houses to sort of take away from, you know, fossil fuels and stuff. Um, and also um, in SpaceX, you've got sort of, he wants to sort of, that's, I think he said before that SpaceX is going to be like a sort of plan B. So like Tesla, the, Tesla is the plan A to fix climate change and we'll all live on Earth happily ever after. But SpaceX is plan B where it's like, okay, the world's already fucked. There's no coming back from this. So we need to make sure that human life continues once this Earth is, you know, gone because it's because of climate change. So that SpaceX, he wants to get us all to, well, not all of us to colonize to Mars, but he wants to get like a, a few people over to Mars, start building some sort of infrastructure, you know, start building families over there. I don't know if you saw in the news recently, but I think he said something like, uh, over on Mars, they're going to have their own laws. We're going to let them choose their own laws. It's going to be like primal times all over again. Jesus. Um, so God knows what's going to go on over there. But I don't think he, he doesn't want... Some people get confused. Like they're like, say, "Oh, I don't want to move over to Mars." Like he's not trying to get us to move to Mars. He's just trying to make sure that life continues on Mars. Mm. 
So, so need you to, know, we can. Well, yeah. So it, if we need to, we can. But at the same time, we might all die anyway, like on Earth. You know, who knows what sort of catastrophic incident might occur. COVID. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I suppose COVID. But you know, like something like that might occur, and then everyone might die. But if everyone died there and then, that would it. That'd be the end of the human race. There'd be nothing. But if some people are still living on Mars, you know, Actually. bloody Ad Adam and Eve Mark II kicking <laughs> off around there, bloody doing their own thing. They'll, they could have like a family of bloody thousands and that's where it could all kick off. So, yeah, yeah. Earth 2. True. It's giving, um, giving you the option more than saying, like, he's not indoctrinating you trying to say you have to move to Mars. He's just saying, you know, we're going to make it so you can if you want. Like it's, yeah. not, it's the possibility, not the the forced the, the forced choice. Yeah, yeah. So another part of uh, SpaceX is Starlink, mm -hmm. which is starting to get running now. They've just put out some sort of beta testing thing, I think. Um, but it's essentially going to be satellites all around the Earth um, to sort of give uh, affordable Wi-Fi for everyone. So, I mean, I don't think it's that widely known, but I know that Wi-Fi isn't obviously available in a lot of places around the world. I think it it was six, It was either 67% people around the world don't have it or 67% do. But either way, yeah, there's a lot of people right. that... There's a lot of people that don't have it. So this would not only make it affordable for people around, like, in our country, so we wouldn't have to pay bloody... BT and Sky, like God knows how much money, and you might get a decent signal from <laughs> from your from your little house there. So, um, but you know, it, it would mean the world would be a lot more connected. And I feel like if the world was a lot more connected, then there would potentially be less wars. I guess I don't know if people can just talk to each other and communicate and, oh, and yeah. stop all of this unnecessary so violence many, and stuff so like that. I guess come from just lack of communication or miscommunication. So if you've got more communication oh, yeah. and it's clearer and it's, you know, just there's like more of it, you know exactly what one another needs. Yeah, cool. I can imagine that would stop or at least prevent many wars. Mm. I mean, I'm not sure that's the, the main reason he's doing it to prevent, prevent wars, but I just think that's happy one benefit. of the many side effects. Yeah, exactly. It's a happy benefit that you can get from it. Mm. Um, so other companies he's got uh, obviously like you mentioned the boring company mm -hmm. um, I think it's more widely known for the uh, retail flamethrower that he uh, not a flamethrower <laughs> he made yeah they're, they're not a not a flamethrower legally not a flamethrower um, but I don't know if a lot of a lot of people don't realize that that that, that company is not just about making a flamethrower and stuff like that its main reason is working towards making a hyperloop and uh, just a regular loop underground, or, or not even just underground, like above ground, I think the hyperloop might be. But I know that the loop, I'm not sure if, have you heard about like uh, what the loop is? Or? Yeah, this is one of his projects that are really interesting me actually, because I believe it was on, I can't remember if it was the Joe Rogan podcast or whether it was something different, but basically, it, like, I know he said like one day he was basically sitting in LA traffic and he was just like well I want to help this so now he's kind of I know initially 
when I first heard about it, we were just building one tunnel under LA, basically, which mm. what to me was then the Hyperloop. Um, but yeah. now it's kind of thought more about building multiple layers and multiple tiers of like tunnels going down and down and down and down. Um, mm. And the thing that I find really interesting about it is, I think it was Joe Rogan made the point of, well, wouldn't it be easier to have flying cars to fix the yeah. traffic? And he's just like, well, no, basically, he just literally bluntly just goes, no, <laughs> like, yeah. that was way easier. Um, well, not only that, didn't he say that um, we're trying to create a less anxious society? And I feel like he, he said something like, oh, I feel like if, if 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 you were walking outside and you knew that there were bloody millions of cars above you that is not an anxiety no. you know no. um relief no, well I saw, so I saw somebody else in an interview with uh, elon musk actually and they basically said oh you know like why don't they basically took it a step further and they were complete fucking idiots but anyway um they basically said why don't we just not have flying cars why don't we to stop overpopulation in cities why don't we have a, like a two like two-tiered city um, and so Elon yeah. was then like, well, yeah, you could, uh, I suppose you could in theory have an underground city, but then you would have a lot less sunlight and it wouldn't be good for you. Uh, and they were like, no, no, why don't we just make a flying city? Why don't we just have buildings that fly? I'm like, what if there's a power cut? And that's the point he made. He was like, what, <laughs> what if they have a power cut? And then the entire top layer, like level of that city just falls on the bottom and it just kills everyone. <laughs> to be honest, to be honest, it's, it's weird. Like that, that same thing. Is uh is like a an actual thing in one of the games that I've played before mm-hmm. in like the story. It's uh Final Fantasy VII. You mm-hmm. probably haven't played it, but it's it's like you've got this massive floating sort of area at top, and there's no sunlight in the in the city underneath. Yeah. And what actually ended up happening was you'd have all like the poverty-stricken people on the bottom layer, yeah. and then on top you literally have it's like a physical representation of yeah. the tr- uh, the pyramid scheme. Where everyone at the top is literally just chilling, sipping wine on the uh, the top shelf. So, yeah. So, I feel like you you wouldn't want the potential of uh, of that sort of stuff happening, really. Mm. Uh, either, <laughs> either. No, exactly. Uh, I saw a film kind of similar to that. It was it's actually a Spanish film, and I can't actually remember what the name of it is. Uh, I'll try and find it while you while you're talking about something. But uh, basically, it's yeah. a film where. You ba- they're basically in a prison, two people in a cell, and then they have, at the very top, they make a banquet, and it comes down this lift, and it goes down the tiers and stops very temporarily. Uh, and there's a limited amount of food on this thing, so then it'll go down all these floors, and when you get to like floor 100 on the way down, there's just no food left, so everybody on the bottom starves. But there is actually mm. enough food on the banquet in the beginning to feed everyone. It's only because of the greed yeah. of the people above that they are then starving and I, I thought it was quite a cool film to be honest like oh, I, I like I like films that play on like philosophy and stuff like that you know get you thinking really exactly. about how the world's run it's called The Platform that's probably quite a self-explanatory title <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah The Platform I'll have, to, I'll have to give it a look then did uh, you say it's Spanish yeah it's Spanish but it uh, has uh, English voiceovers because it's on Netflix oh Cause... That's, that's how I watch Money Heist as well, so I'm I'm used to that sort of stuff. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. There's a big trend now of like foreign films being bought. I say foreign foreign to England films or like English films being bought over to like Netflix, uh, and then obviously having English voiceovers. Mm. And I think it's just because the storylines are better, to be honest. Yeah, 
Well, I think it's probably because like all of the the storylines in in our culture has has been sort of rinsed and repeated mm-hmm. to the point where it's all just the same stuff now. So we sort of want to have newer ideas, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I was just in money. Sorry. No, go on. I was going to say in Money Heist, it's all set in Spain. And it's to me, watching it, one one of the things I loved about it was just seeing the Spanish culture and how they live life. And, and you know, just the, the little tiny details. That, yeah. Not even just the main story, just the details. The true Spanish culture, not the like crap you see in like Fast and Furious. Because like, English films or American films, they just don't capture the essence of yeah. the country well. Whereas if you have a Spanish film, you can bet you're going to get the Spanish like experience through it. Mm. Oh, I love Spain. Honestly, I think that's definitely a language I'd love to learn. If if I had to learn any language, it would be Spanish mm. as a second it. language. Um, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, well, you can do it. So why don't you do it? <laughs> go through, go through. Learn Spanish. I expect to see yeah. you speaking Spanish. Like, to be fair, I, d- <laughs> <laughs> I I did I did start trying. Like, this has sort of started secondary school in the past couple of years so when she started getting her like spanish dictionaries home i, I sort of picked them up and i'd i'd be learning more spanish than she would be and she's yeah. bloody studying it so yeah. i don't know so that's one um, thing i miss about secondary school is like the the possibility to easily learn a language because like you know we're being taught, taught french german uh latin even to a degree um, like at the time, yeah, I was like, yeah. "Oh, French! Can't be bothered with French. Can't be bothered with German." But like now, like at one point, we were taught Mandarin, and at the time, we basically just not bullied the teacher, but just laughed at the teacher and just <laughs> didn't really care. But now, if I was given the opportunity to learn Mandarin from an actual Mandarin speaker, I'd be like, "Yeah, right, let's go, hundred percent." Yeah, it's weird how the world works like that, isn't it? You, you don't appreciate it till it's not there anymore. That's that's something you have to be wary of, I think, in life, isn't it, going forward? Try and appreciate stuff while it's still there. Mm, 100%. So yeah. We've, um, talked, um, we've talked SpaceX, we've talked a bit about Tesla, uh, we've talked about Hyperloop and Boring Company. The other thing that I wanted to kind of talk about that really interests me, especially as like an AI student, is Neuralink. Mm, yeah, do you know much about it already? or? Uh, I know the very basic level of it, but I can guarantee you know more than me. I don't really keep up with it, so go ahead. So I think it's still... I mean, I say it's very early on, but they have achieved so much already. Um, but it is still... In, in this in this sort of way of looking at it, it is quite early on in its, in its process. They're still bringing in all the smartest people from around the world to come and work on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the... What it's going to do is essentially, I don't know if you've seen what it looks like, but it's like a, a coin-shaped hole will, will be sort of drilled into your skull, like on the top of your head. And then a machine will implant this uh, this like chip sort of thing into your brain. And then obviously it will, you know, the hole in your head won't just be left there open. It will be filled back up again and, and all that. Um, but then it, it the things it's going to cure is just, immense like not just like the ai so i know you'll be thinking yeah yeah, there you go that's Mm. that's pretty much it um but with ai i know you'll be thinking like oh yeah we're gonna be bloody robots and and and, you know stuff that we're gonna be able to do is great but without even looking at the the potential optional benefits the things it could cure um i'll list off a few 
are dementia, hearing loss, uh, and like, what's it, blindness, which I thought was like mad. Like, what's what's a chip in your brain got to do with eyes? Like, I'm not a scientist. I don't I don't know how that works, but apparently that's 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 one thing it can cure. Um, and spinal issues. So if you've got issues with like the way, you know, your body reacts to certain like stances and all that, that can be corrected through the brain because what apparently essentially what it does is sort of gives gives your brain little pulses at the right time like um to sort of stimulate it and and make your brain think that you can do certain things or something uh I'm, as you can tell i'm not explaining it as a scientist in in a lot of detail like I'm, well, no, I'm, i can't really explain it you're explaining the fundamental concept like it makes sense so it's basically just biohacking almost mm, yeah so so they're, they're they're the sort of things it can cure and there are a whole other list of, that you can look through and you know it could potentially cure things like ms i guess like parkinson's and stuff like that so many different diseases could be cured probably not stuff like cancer and, and that obviously because that's that's a very different thing that's that's based on things growing inside you isn't it but um, you could implant some sort of like nano but the, to then like destroy that cancerous tumor though like that could be something that could be a yeah, yeah. into the chip yeah i'm like i said like i'm not a scientist so i don't know the full applications of how these things would work but i just know what I've, what has been listed is confirmed and they have done human trials on some people um like volu- people that have volunteered obviously i'm just rip people out and gone you know let me just stick this in your head uh <laughs> yeah um but they they've got it working consistently on pigs i know they've tested it on pigs they showed that at their last demonstration because i think isn't it pigs are like the closest DNA match to humans or something? Uh, I don't Some, think they're the closest like DNA match. I think they're the closest DNA match of a living creature because I'm pretty sure like bananas are the closest DNA match to us or something. Oh, I, I remember that actually. I remember reading about that. Like, I'm not sure we could test it on bananas though. <laughs> oh, well, no. It's obviously, <laughs> chimp, obviously, it's chimps actually. But I don't think you can experiment on chimps. No. Is there like some sort of law against that then? Or? I think so. Okay, but other things that it, it can do, are like other less sort of curing things and more sort of advancing uh, everyday life, is literally uh, improved memory. So it could literally store memory like your phone stores photos. So it's essentially like a photographic memory. Like you wouldn't ever have to worry about forgetting stuff because it's like a little, you know, like on a computer. If you save your work. That's yeah, saved then. Yeah, yeah. You don't. It, it it doesn't forget it. It's it's just there. Um. So. Have you found anything? Um, I believe it's something to basically do. It's not actually to do with laws. It's basically just to do with some. So what we share. This is probably wrong because I'm literally skim reading an article. But basically. Yeah. While we share ninety nine percent of DNA with chimpanzees, that one percent is like it basically leads to like loads of different differences, especially with like medicines. Um, so that's why it's yeah. kind of stopped. Not not necessarily just because it's kind of outlawed in some like states in America, but 
because it's just not as reliable. Yeah, okay, that, that makes sense. You want it to sort of be as close a match as possible, I suppose, um, for reliability reasons. But something else he's, like Elon Musk has talked about with, with Neuralink is the fact that um, to do with cyborgs, a lot of people think, oh no, I don't want to become like a cyborg or like some sort of robot that, that could be controlled and stuff like that. But I don't know if you, I think he mentioned it in a podcast, but I'm, I'm not sure if you've heard it or not. But he says, we're already cyborgs. Mm-hmm. Like we, we already have these, these functions in our hand yeah. on one of these. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just not in our brain. But it may as well be because we're, you know, we'd be able to do the same things on this chip that we can do on our phone. Mm. It's just it would be inside us. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And like he's talked about things, things you can do, like sending messages um, on your phone. You'd have to like spend ages typing out and stuff like that, or sending a video to someone with Neuralink. You'd be able to sort of think about that person, think about a thought, and then it will send it to them. And it's like, you know, you'd be so much more productive. You wouldn't be wasting your time typing out all these things. Exactly, yeah. Now, imagine how much more productive I could be, for, to use me as an example. Like, if it takes yeah. me, let's say, half an hour of actual typing to write out an article, if I can just think of an article and it types out while I'm doing the dishes, while I'm hoovering, while I'm sitting and chilling, doing whatever, like, you could get so much more done it would be absolutely ridiculous. Mm. Like I, you can't even begin to comprehend it. Um, and I'm a big fan mm. of cybernetic enhancement. Like if that's the route we're going down, I'm all for it. Um, the only thing yeah. I would would be concerned about, and I know there would be measures in place against this, but hacking, like every single thing that has these like hacking countermeasures in has been hacked like most things have been hacked at some point oh yeah and i know that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get hacked and become like some sort of terminator and go around killing everyone but <laughs> you, put, you know for example one one big concern of mine is if you've got the uh, Neuralink and it's able to change your mood to like make you want to do things more or alter it in that way mm. Could somebody not hack that and make it alter it in a negative way? Like you could alter your mood in a negative way, so it could make somebody depressed, or make somebody feel mm. really anxious, um, or make them feel really angry. Well, I feel like you'd know more about this than me because it's your sort of area. Mm. Um, because I've I've obviously heard what Elon's had to say about it, and obviously he's not going to go. Oh yeah, well to be fair, you could potentially get hacked and then turn into some sort of you know zombie yeah. but you know he wouldn't he wouldn't ever come out and say that yeah. so i guess you you'd, you'd have more of an understanding of of this sort of thing and how reliable it is like to sort of put in those countermeasures and stuff see the way talking from a you know I'm, I'm by no means on elon musk's level but the way i would do it or the way it could be secured is if it runs its own network so it doesn't connect to things and therefore it can't be hacked remotely. Mm. It could only then, in theory, be hacked if somebody was to plug it into your head and fuck about with it, which is obviously very difficult, Mm. if not near impossible to do. Um, So that's the only way I could think of doing it. But again, I've not got an extensive knowledge of networks. But 
in my head, if you're able to send messages from that, then yeah. by default it's connected to some sort of network. And even if the Neuralink is secure, you've still get, then got the issues of the network you connect to not being secure. And it's like there's so many mm. holes that could be found. That said as well, yeah. if you've got Elon Musk uh, with Starlink, if everybody runs on Elon Musk's Wi-Fi network, you can then mm. like you can then ensure a degree of security that you wouldn't be able to if you have BT and Virgin and you know Sky and all these different providers. So if Elon Musk's vision of Starlink and Neuralink all become reality and you have the full network and everybody's connected to it that has the Neuralink, I could see that working. That would definitely be. That would definitely mm. at least go a long way to fixing the issue of security. I think that that's a good point about like sort of saying about how they could be connected and like these companies can sort of work together. Because I think in Elon's mind, I feel like he's got this m massive plan, and all these different companies, while they're all doing separate different things, they are re in reality like they're all working towards the same goal. Um. So like they're all they're all gonna be sort of useful to each other in in and I feel like that that's one of the reasons why these companies are so worth sort of investing your your thought process into and your and, and your time into looking at because they all have the benefit of using each other's research and and building themselves up without actually having to do anything if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Like that, they're all kind of working together to achieve you know it all, it all fits together almost like lego or something like all of these are different pieces pardon me to make a like make a better reality that's kind of how i'm seeing it and the kind of thing that's kind of becoming more apparent like when you watch like a joe rogan podcast with him on or just an interview or when he gives mm. you know like a conference somewhere so yeah no definitely Definitely, yeah, no, I think. yeah. I'm definitely excited to see what he produces next because he has very much got a mindset of, I see a problem, I'm gonna like create a solution for it and roll it out within a year. So it's you know there are so many problems within society that you know you just don't, like what what is he gonna work on next? Because he's got some traffic. Could it be poverty? Could it be housing? Housing would be quite an interesting one to see what Elon Musk's take on it was. I think that's that's probably one of the most inspiring things about him for me is the fact that he looks at an issue and he's like, "All right, then, I'm not going to moan about it. I'm going to do it. something about it. Yeah. I'm going to fix it." Like, if you look on his Twitter, like responses and stuff, people will message him on Twitter saying, "Oh, um, this is a bit annoying," or "This would be cool. Can you add this to the to my Tesla?" And he'll reply going, "Yeah, all right. Well, uh, we'll add it this week." Or like, yeah, we'll, we'll get that sorted. Like, and they're like, oh yeah, this, you could add this game to the Tesla or something, or you could, you could add this mode to the Tesla, and he'll go, oh yeah, yeah, well, we can get that sorted for you. And it's just cool like, idea. what? Like, yeah, exactly. Like instantly, he's like, what? Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I've learned over the years to sort of try and not, not completely block out these people that complain about stuff and not do anything about them, but sort of just take a step back and be like right you know realistically this person could do something about this rather yeah. than sit there and moan about it i think the way i kind of do it because i'm very much the same is 
have you know let's say you've got this person and they complain give them the solution like to a specific problem they're having like literally just lay out a solution to them that you can help them with and if they don't act on it then they're not gonna they're not the sort of person who's gonna try and take action no matter what so at that point you then just cut them out or if you can't cut them out because they're family or something you just put your contact time to a minimum just so you you know it doesn't then begin to influence you and your behavior Uh, again I know it's not nice to just be like right well I'm cutting you out now but at the end of the day you (laughs) want to be around people that fair enough some people may just not know what the solution is but if you give them the solution to those people then they take action they fix that problem Um, whereas Mm. there are people in the world that you could give them an easy super easy solution all they've got to do is I don't know pay five pound or something and then they get all of their problems fixed but they still won't do it so that those people, I think, and yeah. experience, just stay away from them as much as possible because it's only going to drag you and slow you. I think, yeah, def- <coughs> I definitely think think so. But I think also, like, you can you you don't always necessarily have to cut them out. In my opinion, I think you can you can sort of look at it from a stance of, oh, uh, well, I just won't waste my breath trying to help them with stuff. Like, I can still, you know still talk to them and stuff i just don't if they've got a problem just sort of be like oh yeah that's a shame yeah <laughs> like don't, don't don't sit there and try and try and use your mental efforts like don't waste your breath saying oh yeah you, you could do this you could do that because you just know that they're, they're not they're not going to listen to you no so, it does make sense just, then i suppose just understand what just, that friend is for almost like what is their purpose as such yeah like i feel like not ev- like I think we've had this discussion before, but like everyone has different goals of where they want to be in life. Mm. Um, not everyone wants to be su- like a successful business person or a successful. Some people are just happy, like chilling, I guess, where they are or like in the local area and, and just yeah, getting a, a job and, and settling down and having a life. So I think it's about sort of, for me, it's about like respecting where that person wants to be, letting them do their own thing, as long as it doesn't affect where you want to get to. Don't don't let it seep into your life. If if it is seeping into your life, that's when you need to take a step back and be like, I need to rethink how much time I'm spending spending with this person, or you know, yeah. something like that. See, yeah, no, that's why I tend to cut them out because I'm very much a all or nothing type of person. So, if yeah, I, like if I'm your friend, like I will be basically available twenty four seven. Like, you know, we'll be talking not every day, like, but I'll be talking and ha- sharing ideas with you and stuff. Um, or yeah. I'm the complete opposite and like no we're done like no not we don't talk at all <laughs> um, with a few there are a few exceptions yeah. obviously but so that's why for me it's a oh, case yeah. of I'm either going to end up spending a lot of my time around you and being influenced by you or I'm going to spend next to zero around my time of my time around you um, so it's just kind of I, that's one place I should probably try and find some balance to be fair that's what I need to find yeah well I mean at the moment it's why at the moment I think it's it's clearly working for you you're getting your sort of stuff done and it's successful successfully and stuff like that so I'd just say keep keep going with what what's working at the moment but if you do find yourself in a in a space where you're like you know not feeling as um like motivated or, or something like that I think in times like those it really makes you appreciate the sort of the people around you that that might not want the same things as you but they have that support for you they 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 will always be there i've got mates that will always be there for me Mm -hmm. 
and I know that they don't want the same things in life that I want mm -hmm. but it's just knowing that they'll be there for me like gains respect from me and it's just like I'll always be there for them if they really really desperately need it yeah. you know obviously minor things like we've said like if, if they're complaining about something little then I won't you know I'm not going to waste my time sort of trying to help them if they're not going to listen mm -hmm. but if they were in like a life or death situation I'd be there and like you know Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. Sort of that so. support network is so invaluable. That is so valuable. Sorry, um, and I think one thing I've noticed as well is, yeah, you're completely right. People don't have to want the same things as you. You know, I've got friends that want to run businesses and become millionaires. I've got friends that just want to literally, like, say, work a nine to five, settle down, have an easy life, spend their time doing what they want to do outside of that nine to five. Both are completely fine. There's nothing wrong with either. Um, but I find yeah. that people who support what you want to do, even if it isn't the same as them, those sort of people are generally the sort of people that are mm. either problem solvers or they are willing to solve a problem if if they are given a solution. Like I've quite, it's obviously you know not always true, but a lot of like my friends that maybe don't want yeah. to run a business, even though they don't want to run a business, they still support what I want to do, and as at the same time, they are also very much, if I tell them a solution to their problem, and they know that I know what I'm talking about, about whatever it is, yeah. then they're likely to act on it. So I'm kind of noticing that trend, that correlation between those types of people. Again, not always true. There are plenty of people mm. that just don't want to solve a problem. Oh, there's always exceptions, yeah. Exactly. There are entrepreneurs that are yeah. like, oh yeah, I want to go out and run a million pound business by next year, and they just don't want to solve any problems and it's like <laughs> you're not going to get there are you no he's just like yeah. oh you've got this problem this problem and this problem what are you going to do I'll put it off till tomorrow and have a beer it's like <laughs> right okay yeah um, so yeah, yeah there's it's... being aspirational and then there's you know there's that <laughs> aspiration and work ethic or I, I said a really good quote the other day of this, and I've forgotten what it was now. That's so annoying. Um, but basically, like the ambition and the actual drive. Ambition is different to drive. That's the that's what I said. Um, and like ambition, you know, mm. that's all about. You can want a million and one different things, but the drive is what you actually need to make it happen. Um, and you can have drive without ambition as well. Uh, and that's the kind of people that just work really hard, but they work towards the wrong things, basically. Uh, yeah, really know, you know they put a lot of energy in, but it's sideways rather than forward. Um, and then you've got the people that most people I would say are, which is ambition, but no drive to get them there. That's what I would call like the entrepreneur uh, sort of type. So you know they they talk about, oh yeah, I'm going to run a million pound mm. business, I'm going to own ten Lamborghinis. Uh, but then like when you say to them, right, are you going to work? 16 hours a day every single day for the next year to to get to like a billionaire kind of status they're just like no I'm gonna not dive I don't want to work on yeah. business I just want the end result and it's you should train yourself to love the journey mm. more than the end result that's it so I think in general like society at the moment is a very sort of um, what's the word um, like people want everything for nothing like they want a oh. quick reward for doing yeah, yeah, yeah. so for people well I, no so yeah people people want i've heard the phrase before i just can't instant gratification it's, it's gone it's not there um 
Yes, that's the one. Yeah, they want instant gratification for stuff. And I feel like you can't do that. Like, tying back into my investing stuff, I know for a fact that my investing at the moment isn't about like instant gratification. The moment I, I start thinking, I need like this money by next week or this, hopefully like within a month, I'm going to get more money. It's not, you need to think long term. You need to think, oh, if, if I sort of, you know, let this seed grow over time, like in the next few years, then, you know, then I'll, I'll get to where I want to be. And it's the same with your business. Like you can't think, oh, if I work for 24 hours today, tomorrow that I'll be bloody, you know, I'll be earning 10 grand a week. Like it's not, it's not, that doesn't work. That's just, that's not a thing. You have to remember that, that all your work that you're putting in is towards a goal that you will reach later on. Like you're not going to reach it straight away. And some, some people get knocked down by that first hurdle. They're like, well, I worked all week this week and, and I'm not seeing any progress. So I'm clearly just not good enough. Well, that's not the case. No, you just need to keep going, keep pushing. Like business, well, just success in general is very much a, you work all the time. You work harder than you've ever worked in your life and get absolutely fuck all for it. And then one day it shifts and then you start getting more value yeah. back. Than what you're actually working and then you you know it just completely shifts around definitely definitely yeah. so but yeah no like you say a lot of people they just you know, they they have like one week and then they're like yeah why aren't i you know like in, i see it a lot on instagram like people are like oh, i've posted content every day for a week why aren't i hitting ten thousand followers yet it's like are you joking <laughs> Post content every single day <laughs> consistently for three months, and then maybe you'll get there. Maybe if you're posting mm. valuable content, but one week is fuck all. It means absolutely nothing. I think you don't realise that until you go out there and do it yourself, mm. which is why practical experience is so important because it's that it's not even just the learning the skills. It's just about doing the practical stuff, realising what is realistic and how difficult it really is to gain these things and you know getting yourself into that mindset of okay i'm not gonna get a lot out of this for a long time so i just need to keep myself grounded and not you know go around telling everyone i'll be a billionaire next week yeah exactly it's being being mindful of what's physically possible and understanding the realities of it but also having that ambition to you know I think it's uh, Dan Pena that says like you should set goals that you can't even possibly hope to achieve in your lifetime um, you know like because mm. at that point you're realistic about what you can actually achieve in your life but at the same time you've set those goals and you're going to work towards those goals and sure you know you won't achieve those goals but you're going to get somewhere along the way so that's kind of how I like yeah. to set my goals as well um, yeah yeah, basically, you know, set big ambitious goals, but understand that it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. In, in speaking of that, what would you say your goal or your ideal daily life would be in twenty years' time? So twenty years' time. Um, so, uh, so as I kind of touched on, I want to have multiple different businesses in different industries under the regal brand so that in 20 years time i would have you know probably three or four maybe even five 
different businesses built up and structured under the Regal brand and have that in place. Mm. Um, and I basically, yeah, like I said, I want to get it to that. In 20 years, I want to get to the point where I can basically spend but all of my time doing what I want, um, which would be stuff like this, basically, like coming on, just chatting yeah. with people pretty much all day, every day. Like That would be kind of what I like doing. Um, so, yeah, what, what was you going to ask? Sorry. Well, I was going to say, so... So I was gonna like try and try and put yourself in that in that sort of situation. Like you wake up in the morning, like whatever time you wake up, yeah. in uh, twenty years time, what's the first thing that goes through your head? Like where where are you gonna be going? What are you gonna be doing? Well, like I say, it, would be, it basically would be kind of what you know. It would obviously be what I'm focusing on at that point, which I would like to be at that point. I'd like the idea of kind of being like Elon Musk like at the forefront of innovation mm. um like you know content creation is great um but you can't it's not like the forefront of innovation like technology like ai is kind of where it's at so by that point i would love to be on kind of elon musk's level of innovation like i'm not necessarily bothered yeah. about being a billionaire or you know being world known and famous no, no. i'm not interested in that but I would love to be at the cutting edge of what's coming, like, you know, the mirror link of that age, whatever that might be. Um, you know, like if I'm building the first, I don't know, proper, realistic, lifelike AI, for example, I'm sure we'll have it by then. But if I was building something like that or working on a team building something like mm. that or just owning a company and being involved in that um, and not just taking, because like in 20 years time, at this point in time right now I'm focused on how can I improve me and my life in 20 years time I'm going to have yeah. reached that limit so in 20 years time it's going to be more how can I improve your life how can I improve the wider society's life like the, you know not just my house and my family and my friends moving on to <laughs> how can I improve my country yeah. how can I improve the planet in some way um, so what form that will take specifically I don't know but I would definitely like to delve into the technology sector in the future um, because at the end of the day that's where most innovation is happening on a global scale um, so oh definitely say, I'm not too I'm not with me I'm kind of I keep my goals in terms of what stage I want to be at concrete like for example I, I want to have multiple businesses under the Regal brand what those businesses mm. are specifically doesn't really matter that much to me uh, like stuff i'm interested yeah. in and stuff i'm passionate about but you know in 10 years if i'm super passionate about fitness like i just become like a fucking gym freak then yeah. it could be regal fitness if i'm not interested in that and i'm suddenly really invested in investing then it could be the regal investors group for example uh, like the means mm. doesn't matter as much to me as long as i achieve the end I think that's a really good point about not sort of knowing what you want, what these these businesses want to be in the future. Because if I look at what I'm interested in today and now, if I would have told myself like from ten years ago that this is the stuff I'd be interested in, he'd probably just look at me like, like what, what? <laughs> so you know, you, you never really know what where, where you're gonna, yeah, exactly. Like you never really know where you what you're going to be interested in even like five years from now so i think it is good like you said to keep an open mind and sort of realize that you don't necessarily know what these businesses are going to be about but 
but know that you want them. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it's like if I said right in the next ten years I want to have regal marketing, regal fitness for argument's sake, and then let's say regal investing. If I said I want to have those three groups in ten years' time, I could not be interested in any of those things. I could want to do something completely different. Like you said, interests change all the time. And if I've locked myself mm. into a plan or mentally locked myself into a plan where I have to have this company, this company, and this company, I could then continue forcing myself to work towards that when in reality I don't need to. You know, like like I said, the end yeah. to me will always matter more than the means. Yeah. No, that's a good way of looking at life, I think. Definitely. What about um, you, anyway? 20 years' time, what do you want to do? Oh, bloody hell. Um... <laughs> well, I really should have considered that when I asked that question. <laughs> um, so, ideally, if I'm completely and utterly honest, like, at the moment, my ideal life would be to sort of have a studio, like, in my house, maybe. Hopefully, I can have it in my house. If not, then somewhere else, like we said earlier, like another building could be um, used. But just have a house, have like a dog um, or two or three, you know, however many we can physically fit in the house. Um, and and um, just have the financial freedom to be able to do whatever I want. Like, because I'm not physically, like, I'm not at the stage where you are at the moment where you're like, oh, I want these business sectors. Like, I know I want these businesses. For me, I don't feel like I 100% know what business or, or sort of work I want to do. I feel like it's probably going to be editing and stuff like that, but I'm not 100% sure. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's about getting to that financial freedom stage where I will be able to choose what I want like down the line if I wanted to, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so getting to that financial freedom, yeah. Yeah, so you can choose. Because at the end of the day, like I'm incredibly lucky that I've found what I want to do this young like ask most 20 year olds even 25 year olds 30 year olds they don't know what the fuck they want to do with their life and that's all right like you've got time to figure it out um like i said i'm just a very very lucky that i've managed to figure this out so yeah. young um but like i say that's a good goal though you know get that financial freedom available so that you kind of yeah. choose when you're ready that's the good good way to look at it Exactly. That that's my ideal. Like like what you said earlier about you want to be able to just get up and and you know get people on podcasts and just choose what you want to do. I'm the same. I want to be able to choose what I do with my days, and at the same time, you know, be financially sustainable to the point where I don't need to worry about, uh, do I need to pay the money? Like I need money to pay the rent, or you know, I, I've got um, bills coming up. I need to pay for. I don't want to have to worry about any of that because that that sort of stuff gets you trapped in a mindset of oh okay i need to work really hard at, at my job this week to get to the end of the month so that i can pay the bills and then you get trapped in the the little rat race thing mm. and you just don't want to be in that position do you i want i want to be able to be financially um free so that's what i'm working towards yeah, at the moment definitely yeah um, so another question I've got for you would be what is the biggest and most impactful piece of advice you've heard if you have to narrow it down to one that has stuck with you 
to this day? Um, I think it would be something that we've kind of touched on previously, and that would basically be you miss out on a hundred percent of the opportunities you don't take. And basically, just yeah. to summarise what that means is, you know, if you say no to every opportunity, and you need to say no to some opportunities, but if you say no to every single opportunity and you just let them all pass you by and you don't just get on with it and try things and actually take action, then you're, you're not, you know with 100% certainty that you're going to fail at that because you've not taken the opportunity. Whereas if you take the opportunity, again, you don't have to take every opportunity, yeah. but if you take an opportunity you like and it you know, feels like a good fit for you, then you know, fair enough, maybe let's say you have a 1% chance of succeeding. That's 1%. That's a 1% chance of succeeding compared to zero. Um, and all it takes is 1%. So, yeah, for me, it's just don't take every opportunity, but take opportunities that you want to when they come to you. Mm. Uh, one second. Talking about 1%, my, uh, my iPad is slowly deteriorating. <laughs> Let me just grab Charger quickly. Um, uh, another question, like probably my last question I've got for you is, uh, what would you like to be remembered for after you've passed away? Like, what do you want the world to remember? Or do you not want the world to remember you? Just, you know? I don't... I'm not interested in being remembered for fame. I don't want to be famous in that sense. What no. matters to me most, what matters to me above pretty much all else, is being like respected and being remembered and respected in the sense of like respected for what I do and remembered for what I did and achieved, not in the sense of being famous. Um, and the way that I've kind of, to me, seems the most likely way that I'm going to achieve that is basically by having as much of a positive impact on as many people as possible so essentially yeah. that's what I will be remembered for that's what I want to be remembered for as a default is basically having a massive positive impact on a lot of people basically um, and kind of doing yeah. things for delivering value and providing that positive impact rather than doing it just for personal gain um, which like I said in terms of like money like that's obviously one of the biggest financial uh, personal gains you can go for like money to me you know I appreciate having money and having money to live the life I want to live uh, but beyond mm. that figure I literally couldn't care less about it like if you said right you're only going to make know, let's say 60 grand a year for argument's sake, you know, no matter how well your business does, yeah. you will only ever make 60 grand. Everything else that you make will get donated to charities or get put into straight back into the business. It's fine with me. I don't, yeah, that's completely fine with me because as long as, as long as I have enough money to live and support the people around me, anything above that is just extra benefit that I can then put back into a company or donate to another cause and that positive impact like 
I'm by no means completely selfless. I am a selfish person. I always do. I, I, I do plenty of things for my <laughs> selfish reasons. I would be lying if I said I didn't. But you need to be self. You need to be selfish in the business world, don't exactly. you? Exactly. Like realistically, and it's not selfish. Like right, I'm going to screw you over and screw you over just so I can make a bit of extra money. It's not like that. It's just more <laughs> like the fact that I want to be remembered for having a positive impact on people. That in in and of itself is selfish. I'm doing it for my own ego and my own desires. I'm yeah. not doing it for the sake of doing it. Basically. So yes, okay, it's a nice thing. Yes, it's great because yeah. it's going to impact a lot of people. But I'm not doing it to make because I really genuinely care about making you specifically feel good. I'm doing it because I basically want to be respected. Yeah. I want to be remembered for having a positive impact on people. So therefore, it, that in it in and of itself, that selfless purpose is selfish. So. Well, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I feel like everyone deserves to be remembered for who they are like it's not mm. it, it, you know it's, it's not like people should be ashamed of being proud of what they've become and who they've helped and stuff not like that all, i feel no. like you need to you need to know yeah yeah 100 percent. you should be you it like obviously it is selfish and when i say selfish i don't mean like selfish obviously has a lot of negative connotations i don't think of selfish as bad Every single thing that every no, person no, does no. is selfish. You need to be selfish to get what you want from life. And everybody on earth is living their life to get what they want from life, with the exception of, you know, like, well, even people like Gandhi or Mother Teresa, they still did what they did for selfish reasons. They selfishly wanted to see whatever cause it was improve. Um, and yeah, like when I say selfish, I don't mean mm. it in a negative way. Being selfish is a good thing. If you're not selfish, you're lying basically um yeah so so yeah like you 100 percent, you should be proud of what you do like pride isn't a bad thing uh you should be proud of what you do you should want to be remembered and respected and and have that selfish impact whatever that might be yeah definitely so uh yeah you got any more questions or shall we wrap it up I'm happy to wrap it up there if you are. Yeah, all right, sounds good. So, uh, yeah, if you want to stay on just for a little bit after I record. But, uh, yeah, thank, big thank you for coming on. Oh, yeah. Um, been great having you. Thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. We talked about a lot, a lot been of a, interesting stuff. Been a pleasure. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited to see where you, where you sort of get to um, in the future. I'm excited to see what like, you sort of bring to the world. Yeah, and vice versa. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing where both of us can get to and looking back on this podcast in, in five or ten years and hopefully laughing because of how uh, how little, little our ambitions were <laughs> <laughs> exactly. compared to where we are. But Exactly. Here I we don't go. know. We'll see. Right, so thank you for coming <laughs> on. Thank you, everyone, for watching. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I will see you all soon.